Today's edition of the Spot Track Recap is brought to you, as always, by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, who believe in empowering professional athletes and entertainers with the knowledge they need to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. Welcome back to another Friday Recap. Uh, plenty to talk about. We're starting to spread out a little bit now in terms of sports, right? It's not just football. It's not just baseball. We're... Uh, we're in that time of the year, the fall season, where everything sort of comes together at once. Basketball is around the corner. We're going to dedicate all of Monday's Spot Track podcast to the NBA season, all the numbers, all the facts and figures and projections, all that fun stuff. A um, little bit to touch on today. This week had, a, had a, a little bit of NBA news. We're going to stay away from the China story. Um, we, we touched on that a little bit on Monday's show, and we'll... Uh, We'll update that as needed, but we're going to keep it to the numbers here, uh, and we're going to bring in NBA guru, spot track guru, data guru, Scott Allen here to join us to talk about it. Scott, thanks for having us. Yep. Thanks uh, for having me. Yep. Let's, let's, let's start with the NBA stories. A um, couple of money extensions. Uh, we're starting to see the rosters sort of formalized down to their 12-man um, things like that. Nothing crazy this time of year outside of, like I said, the China stuff, which we're going to stay off of. But uh, Bradley Beal, you're you're in the Virginia area. You're a, a Wizards follower, maybe apologist. <laughs> Bradley Beal, Max extension, did surprise you? I mean, I think it surprises a lot of people, right? Who who many of whom thought he was going to be traded this year. Yeah, they did. They they weren't sure what was going to go on. They uh, he took the maximum that he could for an extension. So what that is, is, uh, uh, 120% of the salary. Is this a, this is how long is this deal? Well, it's a, it's a two year deal, but the second year is a player option. So he can opt out at any time between now and when he gets to that point in June of 2022. Um, so it's a two year contract this year, next year, 2021 and then he's got an option after 2021 correct right and in there um there's a 15 percent trade kicker according to the reports okay. uh, according to bobby marks if he opts into the deal at the time the extension kicks in he can get a 50 percent salary advance on both of those seasons okay um and it's a nice little incentive I, I, it, it is. It's a nice incentive. I think it's a win-win. Wizards can keep him under contract here. It extends them for that extra at least one more year. So, but the the value that he's at that that twenty twenty one year comes in at thirty four and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, it, if for some reason things go the wrong way. They could still technically move on from him, and with the the increase in cap yeah, and some think. of these max salaries, <laughs> th- these max salaries are going to be between thirty seven and a half and forty four million dollars at that time. Yeah. Uh, so they could easily, not easily, but they could match with him and another team to mm-hmm. to move him if he needs to. It's not a the super max, it's not uh, a salary that is not going to be movable. So I think if if he for some reason sees that uh, I need to be out and follows the trend with players saying move me, um, the salary is still there. Yeah, I think I think you're being could. generous in talking about this in 2021. I think 
Well, what we do know is because he signed this extension, he is not eligible to be traded until next year, correct? Right. So it's a six-month trade restriction, which takes him to after the trade deadline. So essentially, he cannot be traded at all this season, which is sort of making the NBA media go in a, a tizzy because that that's the person that everybody has been talking about leading up to this season. So he is not eligible to be traded essentially until uh, July 1 of next year. Right. Um, and, and the reason many of us thought he was going to get traded is because the Wizards are going to win, what, 12 games? 14? <laughs> I mean, what are we talking here, 20 games? Yeah, may, maybe that. No John I mean, Wall, he, tough rookie class. I mean, there's just really not a player on this team outside of Bradley Beal, correct? Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's some high hopes on the the number one draft pick, uh, Hachimura, mm-hmm. if I'm saying that correctly. Um, they they have high hopes on that. They brought in some other guys, but they have guys that are have been injured during training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, Beal is essentially a, a one-man show here. So um, we'll see what happens. I don't foresee them winning more than 25 games this year, if that. Um, so... Okay. Yeah. Well, we know Beal's going to be there. That's one thing we do know. Yes. And we yes. do know that he's locked in $90 million over the next three years. So I can certainly understand a guy <laughs> saying, you know, let's get this trade thing out of the way. It's not going to happen. I'm going to lock in $90 million for myself and go from there. There's nothing wrong with a guy doing that. He's going to be on an island for sure, <clears throat> but he's 26 years old. So it's maybe not the worst thing in the world to be the best guy on your team at 26 years old, having locked in $90 million knowing next summer, next summer in July, you might be one of the names that everybody wants, you know? So at that point, then he says, all right, now it's time to trade me. Now it's time to find a team and put me in a better spot because certainly that's been working for anybody. Anybody of his caliber that asked to be traded gets traded. So I would expect in, you know, 10 months from now, next July, when we're talking about this, that he is saying it's time to get me out of here with this contract in tow, right? Yeah, and, and I also think you know it's interesting that he's he's made the he's locked into a contract for the 2021 season. So, and that's the year that's the CBA that year. All the the CBA, all the free agents. I mean, that's where everyone is is putting all their money in yep. right now is the 2021 season. Um, so, it, it maybe it's a calculated risk that. He doesn't want to be part of that free agent class because if he goes the following year, Correct. he'll be more sought after. Don't be the and, first in the new system. Let it, let the kinks right. work out a little bit. I, I kind of agree with that. Not to mention, if yeah. somebody wants to pay me $34.5 million, I would just take it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but I get yeah, that too. Absolutely. Yeah, I get it. Um, okay. It definitely surprised me. I'll say that. I woke up to that this morning and, it, and, and I was surprised to see it because I was sure that somebody like an Oklahoma or a Houston was going to come calling for this guy. If not now, later, I'll say this. He seems like the guy that really doesn't want to deal with that, especially in the middle of a season. So now that we're days away from the start of the season here, my guess is he's been sitting on this contract offer for a long time, maybe weeks or months. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where he basically told his agents and said, I'm not going into the season with all these questions. I'm not getting asked about a trade every night after a game. I'm not getting asked about my contract every night after a game. I want to play ball. I'm fine playing here for, you know, this year. And like I said, 90 million over three years. Not a bad, uh, not a bad argument there. Nope. So, all right, let's move on here. That's, we're going to cut off the basketball talk for a little bit, jump back into football. 
plenty of plenty of noise in the NFL this week. Um, positive noise, I would think. I mean, the the trade deadline is still 12 days away, October 29th, 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, but boy, I think the big dogs went now, right? I mean, the Jalen Ramsey trade on the heels of the Marcus Peters trade. Mm-hmm. That's two of the premier names that you're going to see in this trade deadline outside of a, you know, a cannonball like Philip Rivers getting moved, which again, you know, we're all hoping for, but it ain't going to happen. Um, so Ramsey goes to the Rams, which, you know, fine. But was anybody really concerned about the Rams secondary too much outside of Akib Dalib going on the, on the IR? I, I mean, Marcus Peters is going to be an inconsistent player for you. But, you know, he was on his fifth-year option. You had a chance to move off from him after this year. I, 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 this just seems so reactionary to me, especially in terms of the money. I, I, I get that they're, they're saving about $3.5 million against the cap right now to do this. They, they definitely don't care about that. I'm the only person in the world that cares about that because, because of the, you know, crunching the numbers on the site. I, I wonder if this was just, we have to shake something up. This is available. This will make a ton of noise. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey's a heck of a player. Um, you know, they, they, they do essentially have him for a year and a half. He does have a fifth-year option next year at $13 million, but they can't afford that. <laughs> I mean, they've got so many animals in the, in the barn right now with monster contracts that, you know, they're going to have to sign him just to lower that cap hit next year. So to me, there's a lot of negatives that come with this. Like I said, it just feels sort of reactionary. feels like, you know, we're getting stale here. We're three and three. Our season's about to tank. Uh, we got to shake this up and see what we can do. I'm just not sure this was the right move on the defensive side of the ball. Do you think they overpaid with the two firsts? No, because my guess is there were two or three other teams already offering that. I mean, this guy was definitely wanted, uh, there, it was just the Jaguars wanted to pull the trigger, you know, now, not not before. I, I get that. I, 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 if the Rams are offering this, it means somebody else was offering this, or at least they were given the impression that somebody else was offering this. Um, so I, look at I'm I'm happy to see that trade values are, are raising or increasing because teams are going to start to use this more and more, and teams should get what they deserve for it. We've seen a left tackle garner two first-round picks. We've seen an edge defender garner two first-round picks. And now we've seen a cornerback garner two first round picks. So uh, that's, you know, I wouldn't put the cornerback position as a premier position in the league. I just wouldn't. I I know that having a good cornerback obviously makes you a better team. But in terms of pay and trade value, this is a reach. So this has to be this has to be the the case where there was a bidding war and the Rams just had to come through, especially if they've spent that amount of draft assets. And for some reason, right an extension doesn't happen. I mean, well, that would be a huge, I'm worried about that with issue. Laramie Tunzel in Houston right now. I'll say that it, it, it is, uh, I, I worry about that. I just don't know that he's going to get done in the next you know, six months or so, even though we all think he should, the, the, the longer that guy plays, the, the, the higher the price is going for the left tackle. The left tackle is never not going to be a commodity. So I, I worry about that, that they, they paid two, two first and a, is it a second, two first and a second for Laramie Tunzel? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for a guy that's going to cost $18 million. That's essentially the same situation we have with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's market value is essentially $17 million on our site. That's only going up as the cap rises and as other cornerbacks sign, up, sign underneath him. So I, I'm going to guess that Houston and the Rams are in the same situation here in terms of what they gave up and what they're going to have to pay in the coming months. I, I would just rather do that with a left tackle than a cornerback is my opinion. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I'm, I am glad to see that the that trades are, are starting to ha- happen here because I do think this is how the league should operate at least more frequently. Free agency should decline. It should. 
any good smart front office knows that you can only do so much with free agency. And we're seeing that in all the sports, no more than baseball where free agency has become just flat out boring, you know, outside of two to three names every year. So I wonder if we're getting to that point where moving players in the middle of their contracts in the middle of a year, understanding that you're a seller, not a buyer, those kind of things, you know, as league, as teams get better and better at that and identifying that, look at this is what the good teams have always been doing. Right. And even the, even the contenders, right. Obviously the Patriots, we've seen like the Eagles do this multiple times over the past two years. Nobody's safe. Not, not until October 30th, right. Nobody's safe until that deadline passes because there's always a way to save some money and or make your team better in the middle of the year. So I'm happy to see it happen. I just don't know if the Rams are going to be, look, at they're certainly all in now on 2019. I'm just not sure if this is the one player that can, you know, really improve them that much. Okay. Yeah, I agree. The, let's, let's spin to the Ravens. Did, did the Ravens get better with Marcus Peters? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I was kind of surprised by that. Me too. That trade when it came through. Yeah, I mean, they had a they had a tough three week span here, and certainly their defense has been exposed. You had Earl Thomas kind of go crazy there for a week and a half. I I don't know. I, again, somewhat reactionary. You know, somewhat. You know, we're uh, we're looking down right now. Pittsburgh might be halfway decent with this with this third string quarterback. You know, we might have to win more games than we thought. I I don't know. Um, I tend to look at it this way. It, it, those teams have a lot of weapons on the offside, offside, offensive side of the ball. And I think in both cases, the offensive lines needed more, more to be addressed than the defensive secondary. So I, I can understand, you know, a, Mar- a player like Marcus Peters coming up and saying, all we got to do is give up a backup in- you know, inside linebacker for him. Fine, let's do it. So from Baltimore's standpoint, I do understand it a little bit more because um, they're certainly, did, you know, their trade value was nothing. Literally, it was depth for them. So fine for them. Um, and... Certainly, you can't blame the, the Rams for trading Peters if the if the plan was to bring in Jalen Ramsey. So, again, it's a it's kind of a firecracker start to this trade deadline. We'll see what happens from here. There are plenty of names being served out there now, um, and I think we'll hear a lot more after this week of, of games is played, starting tonight with Kansas City. Uh, I I think a lot of teams are going to start to feel one way or another versus buyer seller, no more than that Dallas Philly game Sunday night. I think that's going to be a very indicative game of. You know, no, neither of those teams are going to be out of the race, but I wonder if either of those teams feel like they have to shake something up after Sunday night to see what happens. So keep an eye on that game for sure in terms of how it affects the trade deadline going forward. But we'll see. Off to a good start. Happy to see Jalen Ramsey get moved. It uh, sort of makes all of our, our lives easier. We've been talking about it for months now. He's been giving excuse after excuse, you know, to not get on the field with them. So at least this is out of our hair and we can move on to bigger and better things, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, we did some uh, some homework for this show. Quick homework, but you know you, you can't quit the quarterback. It's just good content. And uh, we had a, a sort of a quarterback situation thrown on our face yesterday when Brock Osweiler retired out of nowhere. <laughs> did anybody really miss him? I don't know, but he retired. Um, so obviously the fact that he made $41 million in the league got around quickly, and it's a big story. And when, and when you compare that to a lot of the players in his draft class versus other draft classes, he did pretty well for himself. I mean, this is a guy, it's hard to forget, um, you know, that Houston traded him with a second round pick to Cleveland just so that they didn't have to pay him $16 million. That's how bad they hated signing Brock Osweiler. So uh, I don't know if we'll ever see something to that degree ever again in the NFL. That was 
quite a story. I didn't even believe it when it processed. So we'll see if we ever see something like that again. But that's how bad the Brock Osweiler story got at one point. Um, and look at he got paid. Yeah, I mean, he's not at home crying right now. That's for sure. He's done playing football and he's got 41 million in his pocket. So good for him. I mean, good for him. The quarterback position couldn't be stronger. Uh, but here's what we did. Because we uh, took a look at the 2012 cl- class with Osweiler yesterday, we decided you and I to go kind of head to head here from from the year 2000 to the year 2016, essentially. We're, we're lapping off the last three years here just because it's not fair. But who was the best quarterback drafted in each class from the year 2000, starting, of course, with Tom Brady? And where and where in the draft were these guys drafted, right? Like how impactful is the top overall pick, the top 10 picks? Where are these guys coming from that ended up having, you know, solid to great careers? Uh, we struggled with this, didn't we, Scott? <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, some of the years was some of the years were brutal. I'd say half, right? If we did if we did sixteen years, I'd say eight of them we had to go back and forth on because, and it wasn't because you had you know three outstanding quarterbacks to choose from. It was because you were kind of pulling straws and figuring out yeah, if what mattered more completion the, percentage or <laughs> you had to take the the better of yeah the, the better of the two evils that's right um obviously tom brady in the year 2000 that's the story of a lifetime the sixth round number nine number 199 overall pick you know got his chance because of an injury and here we are so uh it's it's a somewhat similar story in 2001 drew Brees, second round pick it's not even a question he's the uh He's the class of 2001. 2002 is where we got tripped up, right? Mm-hmm. The 2002 class was, I don't know if it was tough. We saw, we've seen worse. They're, they're definitely worse. Um, but we, we gave it to David Garrard, <laughs> the longtime Jacksonville Jag, Jaguars quarterback. Um, look, I, I don't know what you want to say about that. If the, you know, David Carr was the number one overall pick that year. David Carr was a bust. Okay, Joey Harrington, third overall pick. He had some numbers, you know, that was a bad Lions team. I think he was a bust, right? So if you have to get down to, I think we struggled with Josh McCown this year, right? Because Josh McCown. We did. His numbers are terrible. I mean, as a starter, he was awful, but he lasted. I mean, he had he had a good head on him. He, he certainly filled out the backup role well for a very long time. He's still doing it right now in Philadelphia. Um so you got to give him some props here because he's made this thing work for you know 15 years now, 17 years now. But in terms of just the uh, the stats, the production, the ability to, to remain a starter for a while, we're going to give 2002 to David Garrard. Uh, 2003, I love this one. Obviously, the number one overall pick that year was Carson Palmer, and he had a he had a heck of a career, made a ton of money, won a lot of games, threw a lot of touchdowns, threw a lot of interceptions, of course, too. But um, so we 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 gave him the edge, right? But there's another name, and it wasn't in any of our draft boards, right, in 2003. Right. Undrafted Tony Romo. Uh, certainly has to be in this discussion, at least. Uh, I don't think either of us think he had a better career than Carlson Palmer, correct? No, I, I would agree with that. Is statement. it close to you or no? Is there? Is there... I mean, this is sort of the Dak Prescott conversation, right? Is there, is there just like a built-in aura with being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, <laughs> right? I mean, Romo didn't do anything. I mean, the most, unfortunately, the, the, the most famous play was the <laughs> butt play, right? I mean, that's yeah, that you know, if you think about it, I mean, there's not much memorable about Tony Romo's career except for that we saw him almost every Sunday at 4 p.m. at America's Game of the Week, right? Because he's a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah. 
Um, so popularity wise, you know, Tony Romo, heck of a player, but Carson Palmer, I think easily the better quarterback of the two from this class. Yeah. And if you're actually going off of the actual draft class itself, then yeah, you have to go Can't with even include Palmer. Romo. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's get through 24, 2004 here. Cause I think everybody out here would struggle and have their own opinion and have their own player here. We, this was the Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger draft. Um, you know, which is going to go down as a top quarterback class of all time, no, no matter how you slice it, it just is. Um, we ended up choosing Ben um, for the very answer of he's won as much as Eli and his career has essentially outlasted Eli's because Eli's career stopped four years ago. Let's not beat around the bush. All right. I mean, Eli's been a shell of himself for four years and now he's on the bench. So just from a longevity standpoint, <clears throat> the edge has to go to Ben here, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, that that's where we had come to the consensus of just because for those statements that you had said. is uh, Are all three, Rivers, Eli, and Ben, Hall of Famers? <laughs> I know you've had this discussion oh, yeah. with, with Paul and Kevin. I'm a, I'm a Rivers guy. I'm a big Rivers yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm... I like Rivers. I like Ben. Eli is tough. I mean, he they, he has the two championships, yep. but I mean, it, it, I don't know. You're you're cutting hairs here. Yeah. I I, I did find it interesting that th- this the statistics when you look at them, they're all really similar to each Super other. Super I mean, close. They all have fifty six thousand passing yards. Um, Eli had. Uh, or they're, they're all very close in touchdowns. I mean, two, uh, 363, 362, 383. I mean, they're all their stats are shockingly very close to each other. Yeah. I mean, it's just winning. I mean, do you, do you keep rivers yeah. out because he hasn't won? Yeah. I mean, Eli right now, he is 116 and 116. He is a 500 yep. record. Everyone else has above 500. Ben's is better than, Phillips. So, right. I mean, I, I think that's where our edge came to was Ben supersedes them on the winning level. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. And and oh, by the way, I, th- I think we know Ben will be back next year because Pittsburgh is essentially aligning themselves for his return. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Rivers expiring contract, Eli expiring contract. Who knows? Right. I mean, it's right. possible those two came in and go out together, which is super interesting. Uh, 2005, no-brainer, Aaron Rodgers, drafted 24th overall. um, Not even a discussion. Uh, Arguable discussion for all-timer, right? Uh, 2006, man, we struggled with this one. Uh, This was not fun. Vince Young, number one overall, fine, you know, busted out and, you know, kind of quickly, six, seven years in, um, and then had a ton of off-the-field trouble to go with it. We, We gave the nod to Jay Cutler, you know, hold your applause. Number 11 mm-hmm. overall, just longevity. He made a ton of money. He got himself into the postseason in Denver. He sort of resurrected the Bears a little bit there, right? Sort of resurrected the Dolphins for a year there. I don't know. He was never great, but he was adequate, right? Yeah, and I mean, when you look at the like the passing yards, his passing yards were four oh, yeah. or five times yeah, better was a than everyone else in that draft class. So, yeah. I mean, he overall production wise was much better than those other quarterbacks. 
here's the year that we're going to get some flack for, and there's no question. And we probably mm-hmm. deserve it, but you, you go look at this year and tell us who it should be. 2007 quarterback draft class, we gave the nod to Trent Edwards, Buffalo Bills, over former Buffalo Bills almost starter Kevin Cobb, um, who had a couple of years in Philly to go and Arizona to go with that. Uh, Cobb had maybe the more consistent numbers, but Edwards had Edwards put up some passing numbers. I mean, Trent Edwards could throw the ball there for a few years, and he, he the Bills essentially gave him four years to do it. Um, you know, which we're not going to see that anymore with the way these rookie contracts work. But he's a he had his fair shot. He didn't win games certainly. I mean, the Bills did not progress. He had one year where I believe they went six and one out of the gate, and then he took a concussion hit, and his career never really came back after that. So it's possible he was on track to be a heck of a quarterback. Um, but, you know, that's what happens. Like, you take one hit and everything changes. So 2007 yeah, draft that, class and, goes and, to Trent Edwards somehow. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's the draft class with Jamarcus Russell and Brady Quinn. I mean. Yeah, yeah we, <laughs> so, we gloss right over those guys. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 2008, this was tough. Similar to the conversation in 2004. It's Matt Ryan, number three, and then you had Joe Flacco a little later. Uh, Flacco has won. Ryan's gotten there but hasn't won. Um, Ryan's numbers are heads, heads and he, over heels better than Flacco's. Uh, he throws the ball more. He throws it more accuracy. Um, you know, he's won more, frankly. Flacco's had down years since that Super Bowl, to be honest, you know, to the point of where they had to run him out of town. So we gave the edge to Ryan. I, I don't think too many people would argue with that, but Flacco hasn't had a bad career by any means. It's just, and, and we'll see, this Denver team might be turning it around right here too. So uh, we'll see. That's a close one. Not close is 2009. Matthew Stafford heads over heels, the number one overall pick. Um, he leads that class. 2010, another tough class when you look at it, but Bradford was the number one overall pick there, Sam Bradford. And that dude got paid when no one else should have got paid. He got paid, then paid, then paid, then paid, even though the knee was basically falling off at that point. So good for him. I mean, again, he's not at home crying right now by not playing football because he got paid real well. Uh, another close one, statistically too. I mean, you, you ran some numbers on this and it is dead even. 2011, Cam Newton versus Andy Dalton. Dead even, right? Yeah, it was shockingly. They're both at twenty nine thousand passing yards. Yep. They super similar um, wins, right? Regular super similar season. wins. Yeah, they <laughs> they both. So Cam Newton's record at, to date was is sixty eight fifty five and one. Yeah. And Dalton's is sixty eight fifty six and two. Incredible. <laughs> and he's a better so, tire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, yeah. I mean, same draft class, same, same numbers. Newton's been into the postseason a little more. So we gave him the slight edge here. And again, like, like 2004, I think both these guys fall off this year. I think Cam Newton and Andy Dalton are both released out of their contracts after 2019. So came in together and might be going out together. You know, who knows what the next step for either of those guys is, but uh, it, I just think it's funny how that works out. Sometimes these are the two best quarterbacks from that class. And, uh, they're going to have an exit strategy together as well. 2012 is loaded, loaded. This is the, so this is the year we, we tweeted out yesterday that included Osweiler. Um, there's plenty of strong players here, including an undrafted Case Keenum, by the way. So we gave the nod to Russell Wilson for, you know, all the right reasons. He's done it all. He's done more than people have ever thought he could do, and he's been doing it since day one. 
Uh, he's got the championship. He's been to two. He's it's this is a heck of a career already. And oh, by the way, I think he's the MVP favorite in 2019 as well. So no question with Russell Wilson over Andrew Luck or Kirk Cousins, correct? No, okay. no, no issues. All right. Little uglier is 2013. Our answer for 2013 is Mike Glennon. So again, maybe a draft class you have to take a look at to believe, but um, look, Glennon had some numbers and he got paid for it. I mean, Mike Glennon made $30 million in this league um, and he might still have a couple of years of backup left in him. So uh, nice little career. He, you know, he started out in Tampa and sort of held his own there for a bit and signed in with Chicago and, you know, that didn't go well, but he got, he got paid and then he ended up being a backup in Arizona Again, he got got paid a decent backup salary there. So, you know, he sort of settled into his role. Just wasn't a good year for quarterbacks at all. I mean, the top two quarterbacks drafted that year were E.J. Manuel, Geno Smith. Uh, we know where those stories led. Geno Smith is still backing up in the league, but um, tough. That was a tough year for any team that needed a quarterback, obviously. Uh, 2014, Derek Carr. Uh, we, we struggled a little bit with this one. There were a couple of names we could have put in here. Uh, and then we took a look at Carr specifically, and he's got some numbers, Scott. I, I think uh, I think we might be a little hard on him for two years ago and how bad that season went. But, man, mm-hmm. he, he's had maybe three seasons around that, including this one, that looked pretty darn good. I mean, he's not a – for a second-round pick, 36 overall, you, you got to give him at least a little bit of credit here. He's he's held his own on bad teams. It looks like they, they might have something going now, and they're obviously going to a new city next year. He could be, you know, he could sort of reinvent himself this year and head into Vegas as the face of that franchise again, without doubt, and he might have a nice career ahead of him. I mean, he's going to be, he's in, he's got plenty of outs in his contract right now. I mean, they could get out if they need to, but that also means it could be extended at any point in time. So a huge year out of car, if he can finish this thing strong, you know, don't discount him getting a massive extension that goes with a trip to Vegas. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think with that draft class outside, if you actually look at the stats, I mean, yeah. Oakland actually hit well compared to these other quarterbacks uh, with holding Garoppolo. for Jimmy Garoppolo yeah, to he's see the, where he's the, he ends up going. Yeah, we, we put the pause button on him because it just hasn't been enough yet. He obviously looks like he's got a ceiling, a big ceiling. Um, he could be in the conversation with Carr at some point, but for now, Carr gets the edge for sure. Right. Uh, all right, here we go. The last two classes um, couldn't be more different, <laughs> right? 2015 is your is your Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota class, um, and it's a good week to discuss that because I think we know where we where we are with both of those, right? Um, Mariota's on the bench. Does does Marcus Mariota ever start in the NFL ever again? That's my question for you. Uh, yes, if pending injuries <laughs> if you have to go back to him yeah but not by choice right no i'm talking oh, i'm talking choice. next year he's an he's a unrestricted free agent after this year he signs a blake bortles type backup role right i mean that's where he's going to be somebody he's going to mm-hmm. be deshaun watson's backup right is that what we're looking at right. here yeah i think so i think you've got yeah. that right yeah i think so too Jameis winston i gotta tell you uh Look, they're going to let him keep throwing the ball out there, and he's going to throw his picks and his touchdowns, and he's going to pile up a ton of numbers. Any better because I have him in fantasy literally everywhere. Um, there's a good chance that Bruce Arians let this thing ride out in 2019, let him walk after the year, and I, I'm not sure Jameis Winston ever gets a job ever again. Is that possible? Yeah, I, I would say it's possible. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like that's where this is going, that this could be, it could be fine. 
and Tampa Bay might give him like a, I guess a franchise tag would be in play. Um, although that's expensive, you know, you might get a little bridge deal out of this maybe to me, that might be more likely, but there's a legit, the way that, that it's sort of boom or bust with Winston, they might just get so tired of the busts, you know, every other week that he walks and look at, there's going to be a laundry list of players. We already mentioned Cam Newton and Andy Dalton, not to mention mm-hmm. possibly Philip Rivers being available, possibly Drew Brees as well. Oh, by the way, um, if these guys want to continue to play, I, I, I mean, you're taking those guys on a one-year deal over Jameis Winston uh, immediately, right? So I, I just wonder if there is a closing door for Winston in the entire league, not just in Tampa Bay. I, I, I wonder about that. All right, here we go. This is the last class we, we uh, assessed. It's 2016 because really it's just it's sort of in our face right here. And these guys couldn't be closer. They were drafted one and two, just like Winston and Mariota. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, both these teams and the Rams and the Eagles jumped way up to make this happen. All right, these guys were heavily sought after in the draft. Goff sat out a whole year under Jeff Fisher. We know what happened after that. Um, Wentz has essentially sat out that you know that amount of time because of injury. So similar stories, different you know different avenues there. The, the stats are almost identical, right, Scott? Yep, they are. They I mean, are. I mean, it's Newton and Dalton, but even closer, right? Yeah, I mean, we're talking 300 yards off, one win off. Uh, yeah. it, it's sh- When I saw that, it, it, it's really interesting. Yeah, and again, Goff went to the Super Bowl, but, you know, he, you know, Goff went to the Super Bowl like Peyton Manning went to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, he, he was sort of just the, you know, there throwing the, throwing the ball around and hand it off to, to Todd Gurley at that point, although not, mm-hmm. although not in the Super Bowl specifically, right? That was C.J. Anderson time. And obviously we know Carson Wentz didn't even play in the Super Bowl because of his injury. So again, these are regular season guys who, you know, didn't really get the job done too much in the postseason. And there's plenty of question marks on Jared Goff right now after he signed this mega deal. So I, I love... I love the inconsistencies of both of these players because they were such sought after draft picks. You know, they gave up teams, gave up the farm to go up and get them. And both have been paid. Now Wentz and Goff both have very similar contracts for the next guarantee for the next three years. So, you know, you're, you're stuck no matter what here. I I think they're happy to have ETH, you know, both still, you know, I, I don't think the Rams hate Jared Goff near as much as Twitter does. Right. I think, uh, I think he's going to be just fine. He's got to settle into his, his role a little bit more. But this guy threw for 600 yards two weeks ago. I mean, that's there's not many quarterbacks that can do that, even in that situation where it was a, you know, a dumpster fire of a game. So I, I just love that these two are linked. It, I, I guess that's the, that's the biggest takeaway I have from this little exercise we did, Scott, is you know, these classes, uh, yes, they're all fighting for draft positions when they're you know, at, at the combine and whatnot. But there are so many similarities to how some of these players have, you know, their careers have projected statistically from a postseason standpoint, from a contract standpoint. And now just three years ago with Goff and Wentz, we've got literally two players attached at the hip. Same contracts, same stats, super Mm -hmm. similar teams, um, super similar teams right now. I mean, literally right now to the minute they are three and three and who knows. So I, I, I love that there's a connection at this position, which, you know, this is the most important position to talk about. We could talk about it till we're blue in the face. Yeah, and, and I'd say the majority of the, the players that we selected were first round or second round picks. Right. So, I mean, when talking about do you go up and get them, I guess at this point, yeah. you, 
you go up and get them, and, and if it doesn't work out, then you just move on and you cycle through, especially with this rookie scale. Yeah, we should um, we should eat some crow here and talk and, and mention that the reason we started this exercise is because we were trying to disprove the fact that you needed to take a quarterback high. Uh, that did not work out. <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, generally speaking, and look, we've got some third rounders here. We've got you know Russell Wilson third round. We've got Trent Edwards. Take that for whatever you want. You know, David Garrard, fourth round, take that for wherever you want. No, nobody thinks David Garrard was a great quarterback. He would just he just happened to be the best out of that pool. Um, and then, you, you know, you can't compare anything to Tom Brady. It's just not fair to anybody. So, again, top 10 essentially is where you're going. Um, you know, if you want a Jay Cutler type player, you can probably find something in the teens. Um, nobody's ever going to find an Aaron Rodgers at number 24 overall. That, that doesn't happen. I mean, nobody's going to miss on an Aaron Rodgers ever again with the, with the analytics that we have, in my opinion. Do you agree with that? Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was Aaron Rodgers. And it, there was at least one team that saw that and knew enough to get up into, the, you know, get up high enough to get him. So I. I, I yeah, and jury's out on Lamar. I mean, Lamar. There could you go. End All up right. Potentially I'll, being I'll go. in that you're situation. Right. What was he, 25th? I think you're right. That that could be. Uh, Lamar, yeah, somewhere around there. Or, yeah. Yeah, you, you're, you're right. There, that, that draft class is completely up for grabs. That That's Darnold, Josh Allen. We know it's not Josh Rosen. Um, so you're right. Yeah, and obviously Baker. So that that uh Yeah, he was he was thirty second. Right. Last. Man, there you go. Yeah. So that could be the next iteration of Aaron Rodgers. I, I stand corrected there. That that's one to watch going forward here. But uh we might continue I I, I kinda like this. We might switch this to yeah. the uh, running back and the wide receivers and see how it goes. Might include some career earnings and see how that all plays out too. But uh this was good. Obviously let us know what you think. I'm gonna guess many of you are pretty pissed off at us from Mike Lennon and Trent Edwards. You know, feel, feel free to let us know at Spotrek on Twitter. And uh, like I said, we'll, uh, we'll keep on this kind of exercise and uh, try to include some money a little bit more next time. For Scott Allen, I'm Mike Gennetti. Thanks for another Spotrek recap.